Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Pass the Barb. Today is Tuesday, Tuesday, April 4th, and uh, it is a two-man podcast tonight, kind of a unique situation. It is uh, myself, your host, Adam Bartusik, uh, and joining me is Mr. Ryan Pinkala. Yeah, we're playing with a short bench tonight. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. We're going we're gonna to get through this one, and we're going to have a good time. The we're other playing. boys, they're going to regret that they weren't here. Yeah, we're playing Russian roulette with Pinkala's mic basically tonight. So if all of a sudden he cuts out, we're just going to have Adam filler time. Um, I'm going to be 100% honest. I was just on another podcast right before this. And mic situation, absolute war zone. Okay. (laughs) So major apologies to that guy, but we still had a good time. (laughs) Yep. Yep. For sure. So we're just, uh, yeah, we're going to get diving into everything. If you're kind of new to the show or just been getting here, please rate and subscribe on apple podcast spotify or whatever it is um reviews help a ton with podcasts uh so we would really appreciate if you're one of our loyal listeners who listen every week if all like there's like 200 300 of you that download it right away if all you guys went and left a very nice review um yeah it would help us a ton we love doing this we want to keep rolling with it but yeah yeah, we're growing too feedback it's getting bigger Past the barb to the moon, baby. Yeah, we want this to keep getting bigger so we can get, uh, we'll get some more sponsors and everything on board. For all of you who've watched the Chronicles, you've seen that evolve over three years. Uh, with this cast of characters we have in here, there's no telling what we could do with Past the Barb content wise and everything. Could be really cool. We just need the backing. So if you guys kind of help us be that foundation, we'd appreciate it a ton. Sweet. Yeah, Let's get sweet. So, yeah. We're going to roll into current events right away. And uh, I think I I made a post on this last night and it's crazy because Ryan and I have been pretty close. Um, I mean, before this happened, we were fairly close, but like we've gotten really close since I lost my job, like my corporate job three years ago yesterday. Um, And, and, and tell people what were you doing before? Yeah. So for people (laughs) who don't know, I was, uh, I was working uh, sales for Citywide. Uh, That's the company that, if anybody knows Joel Willard uh, or Greg Mansfield, they fished the Opens for a while. But they both worked there. Joel helped me get a job there. Greg owned the company. And, um, yeah, he gave me an opportunity right out of college. And that's what I did for three years out of college. I was running the Southern uh, Sales Division. It was honestly great. Like, I loved it. I had a lot of... uh, I had a lot of leniency with getting out of work and going to fish tournaments since Greg was a tournament fisherman and owned the company. But uh, yeah, when COVID hit, it's actually kind of funny, Pink, because when COVID hit, I'm going to be honest, at first, I was like, I'm going to make a shitload of money. (laughs) Yeah, because I sold citywide was uh, janitorial contracts. So like all the Alina health, a lot of medical facilities uh just office spaces where people work like so it was I like so- commission right you were getting yeah so I'd, yeah. I, I had a base salary but then i was getting commission as well yeah so like where people worked um like you know your trash magically vanishes at night that's because a crew comes in and picks it up at night cleans your toilets and all that stuff so i was selling that contract so when covid hit i was like everybody's gonna have to clean five ten times a week this is gonna be unreal <laughs> And then all of a sudden they were like, everybody's working from home. And I was like, oh boy, that's <laughs> panic button engaged. 
Yeah. Like literally kind of uh, my old boss, Tyler, and I would always talk about like the great thing about this job is it's recession proof because uh, <laughs> literally because everybody's got to go to work. Yeah. And then that hit and we were like, whoo, surprise, <laughs> surprise, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. Um, but God. yeah, we uh, so anyways, uh, yeah, that hit. And I was there for about a month and it, it was a crazy month and a half when that first started happening because I was kind of because of being in cleaning too when that hit i was kind of i was one of the earlier people to kind of know that this was showing up and going to be a problem because like when there was like 50 cases or 20 cases like one of our clinics we get the call of like this happened and then we're like like, affecting you directly like yeah and you're like do you hazmat clean it what do you do like nobody knows how to clean it So then you're like, nobody knows what to do. So you're trying to figure that out on the fly, working with the CDC and everything. So it's like, it it was a really weird first month and a half. But anyways, um, once everybody went home and we were working from home for two to four weeks, uh, I got the call that, um, you know, they were going to, because of everything going on, they were going to have to let me go, Mm -hmm. which I understood because I had like three other guys on my team. Uh, and they all had young families. Like one of them was about to have a kid. Another one just had a kid. And I'm like, yeah. dude, I'm a bass fisherman. I got nothing. Like, except yeah. my boat. Like, I'm good. Yeah. Expenses are fairly minimal. And you're like, well, I mean, I could take the hit. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, still freaky. Like, you're right. like, oh, my God, yeah. it's the middle of a pandemic and I just lost my job. What am I going to do? Um, and like, how much notice do you have when they're like, yo, we're pulling the plug? The, that Friday. I had no idea oh, until that. So it was day. like Im- almost immediate. Yeah, it w- it was basically immediate that they had to do it. Um, yeah. which is you know that you get fired. Like that's kind of the way that happens. You yeah. know, you don't really get a two week notice. But um, yeah, I'll never forget driving home that day. Like I was very emotional because yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is the first job I've ever like gotten fired from. And yeah. like, obviously, I still knew it wasn't my problem. But then I was like, how the hell am I going to pay for this? I had just bought my Triton. Right. So yeah. I had this brand new awesome boat. I'm like, how am I going to pay for that? How am I going to pay for this truck? I'm going to be bankrupt in like three months. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a weird spot to be in, especially it's not like you got fired because you sucked at your job. It was like just kind of a crappy situation that kind of just fell in your lap, you know? Yeah, exactly. So then basically I got home, hung out with Jake for a little bit um and then i was like i think i was texting i was texting jay siemens about something else that day and i just happened to mention to jay you just cut your mic just cut out so he'll be back in a bit but i just mentioned to jay like oh i lost my job or whatever and jay basically called me immediately and i will forever owe jay siemens um him ahead of time right like it was this wasn't like he just was like oh look at this guy yeah, no, no. I knew I knew Jay for a while. Yeah. Like him and I, him and I had gotten beers before when he'd been in the cities and he had just, you know, started doing his wedding photography a few years earlier. Right. Um but yeah, like I was just talking to him and that was back when I think he had basically just started going full-time YouTube at that time. He was only 20, 30,000 subs. So that and, was like uh, right after kind of uncut angling and and everything. Yeah, he had like gone pretty, This is 2020, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah. he had just, um, yeah, he had, I mean, he was doing his own thing, but he had just started getting back into the fishing and YouTube thing, you know, and pinks might cut out again, but, uh, 
anyways, basically that conversation, I'll forever OJ because he talked to me and like something I'll never forget is he told me what's the worst that's going to happen. It doesn't work. You'll just get another job. And that stuck with me. I mean, it's stuck with me for like three years now. Um, you know, I think like, that's great advice too, but it's just one of those things. Like, I think everyone knows that it's good advice. Like this whole, like you got to take the leap, right. Or like, give it a shot. What's the worst that could happen. But it's like, that's still like, I, I think for you, it worked out good because it was like, you didn't have another option. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, you know? to, be, to so, be completely honest for everybody out there, like without COVID, there's no, the crappie chronicles. There's right, no, you, you wouldn't have no left your job to do that. No, no, I was, I mean, I was ice fishing a little bit after the team, you kind of outdoor stuff, but like I'd kind of hit a big pause on ice fishing and I was solely focused on bass fishing. And in the winters, I just worked and hung out at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. And it's, it's crazy. I know there's a lot of people that like want to do stuff like that, but it's like to mentally be like, dude, I'm just going to give up what I got guaranteed money to just try. Like yeah. that's tough, dude, to wrap your mind around. Yeah, exactly. And it, like I said, it was a huge leap. There's a bunch of people at the beginning who, I mean, helped me out like Chad Smith, Carl Jockamson, Jeff Gustafson, um, Scott Bonimo with the champions tour, Matt boy. Like, yeah. Just- so like, so when you, so you, you kind of, you lose your job, you, you kind of have this thing where you're like, screw it, dude, I'm going for it. What's your first like paid gig? Uh, so basically what I did then was, I mean, everyone knows when COVID hit, like there was a bunch of good unemployment money. So basically what I did was I I didn't do anything for like two or three months. Mm -hmm. Um, I basically hung out at home when I would get that unemployment, I'd like buy a camera, uh, mess around with the camera at home. You and I took that trip up to Northern Wisconsin. Um, and like that was messing with a camera and like just figuring things out uh i watched a ton of youtube videos that's actually something like i want to get back more into it's been on my agenda is getting back into watching more like final cut tutorial videos like or photo learning tutorials. like yeah. learning yeah like dude i fully immersed myself in like what i was gonna have to learn and as you start going down that rabbit hole you learn like it's not I don't know. Maybe my brain's wired a little bit differently too. I do think, you know, humbly speaking, that's probably part of it as well. Like I think I'm fairly good at what I do now. Um, Well, but but, I would say before that you probably, I mean, you definitely didn't edit like that before. No, I didn't have the technical (laughs) stills, but I had the creative brain. Sure. Yeah. That's, you know what I mean? So like like, I could see something and then I was like, well, how do I make this happen? Like I remember multiple times sitting at my computer for an hour, just Googling, like Googling something I saw happen in a video, trying to to create an effect or something. Yeah. Trying to explain it into Google and Google being like, (laughs) sending me all the the wrong things. And I'm like, no, I just want this smoke. Like I I don't want to blow something up. That's not, I'm not looking for uh, thermite or whatever it is. Videos of someone shooting a gun into a barrel. But uh, anyways, yeah, it was, that was a long way of me saying, so I stayed at home did a bunch of different gigs and honestly like dude one of my first paying gigs and it wasn't even um it wasn't even me getting paid 
uh, Frank Ragnow. So center for the lions. Um, he was buddies is buddies with Doug Wagner and Jesse Baker. And I'd been talking to Doug and Jesse because at the time Jesse lived in green Bay. And he's, and he's a big fisherman, right? Frank. Yes. And Frank's a huge fisherman, yeah. but I was talking to them and I was like, Hey, like, I don't got much going on. Like I need to get out of the house. I've been home for three weeks. Like I'd like to go somewhere for a few days and fish. I'd love to come to door County. And they were like, yeah, you can stay at our place, you know? So I was heading out there and then Frank hit me up and like, dude, like God bless Frank. Like he's such a, anybody who knows Frank, he's an unbelievable guy. And, um, he had heard everything that had happened and he had watched TYO stuff back in the day and was big friends with Jesse and Doug. And he had like, you know, he had NFL money. Um, and he had kind of, basically he bought me a drone and some mics that like I couldn't afford. And he was like, how about in exchange, you film me a couple of grizzly man outdoors videos. So I did that for him. And that was technically probably my first paid gig was it was just an exchange of goods. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, um, you got to start somewhere, dude. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is that's still the mics I used to film the champion store and the drone I used to film the crappie chronicles today. So thank you, Frank <laughs> Rag now for that. Um, but then after that, uh, I still don't think I ever got paid for it, but I did. Uh, I did <laughs> not salty, though. No, I, I, no, I didn't. I, I never wanted to get paid for it. I went and yeah. followed Carl Jockamson um, on the Elite Series down in Alabama once they kicked back off on Ufala because mm-hmm. um, Jay had kind of ingrained in my brain the power of free work. He's like, if you're getting unemployment, get unemployment for a bit and do free work. Yep. So then I went to Carl and basically my first paid gig ended up being two and a half, three months later. And it was uh, Matt Voigt with the South Metro Bass Circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, I filmed them like a little promo video. So you're and, shooting tournament fishing. Yeah. And then I was hired to film um, Scott Bonima, the Champions Tour. That was like the big thing. And then I think I was doing a couple smaller things for uh, like Clam. Um, Matt Johnson helped me out a ton. And then... Uh, like a couple odds and end projects. Like I filmed a video for the new Prague historical society. I took some senior photos, like basically just saying yes to everything. I said yes to literally anything and everything. Okay. That's fair. And I mean, like, that's the thing, like you had no idea where you were going. So you're just kind of like, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, to kind of come full circle on it, like last night I was going to make the the post about like, oh my God, it's only been three years because it feels like a, it feels like a fucking lifetime, dude. Like you've been doing but, it forever. Yeah. Well, like I've been to like 20 states. I've been to more than that, actually. God, I would actually love to count up how many. It's probably been closer to 30. Um, filming and driving around the country and just all this stuff. And I was going through all these photos because Instagram only gives you 10 photos. And I'm like trying to pick all these different events and things I did. Yeah. And I dude, like I couldn't, um, isn't that nuts? You start scrolling. Like, I feel like everybody's that way. You start scrolling through like your, your photos on your phone. I mean, maybe not, maybe not every, most people probably delete stuff, but like if I scroll back just for like one year, just like see what you did this year, you scroll back to a trip and you're like, Holy shit. That was this year. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, exactly. 
you know, like I was scrolling back and like all of a sudden I was like, Hunter and I were filming chasing ghosts like less Isn't than a year nuts, ago, man. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like scrolling back through all that. And I was just like, dude, over three years, like if you would have told me back when I decided to do that, I'd be doing what I am now. I would not believe you. You'd be not like, for Joe. one second. And like, uh, you're only three years in, like, can you imagine, you know, in 10 years when you look back and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And that, that's like, honestly, like last night making that post, it like got me excited. Cause I was like, yeah. that was three years of like insanely hard work. And not to say these next three years won't be like, once you kind of do the grind, you get addicted to it. Um, but it's just, dude, the possibilities are endless. And like, it's got me hyped for whatever might happen, ice fishing, whatever might happen, open water, just yeah. whatever it might be. I think the biggest thing I learned is, you know, no idea is too small and it's just crazy. Like my mom used to always tell me, um, and like seeing what, what I'm doing now, and then we'll skip on cause we're yeah. rolling on this. But, uh, my mom used to always tell me like when I was a kid, uh, I'd always have these like grand ideas or crazy ideas, like big adventures and things I wanted to do. And they were always trying to mellow me out a little bit on it. Cause I just had this storyteller brain and oh, yeah, this whole like, Hey, just be realistic. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and now that, you know, we're three years past, like my, like this winter, when we get back from Maine and stuff, like my mom looks at me and you know, they're just like, you know, we always knew you could do this, but like seeing that that's what your brain, you know, was thinking of and like could make happen. Like it's crazy to actually see it. Then it's even right. crazy for me to see it. I mean, crazy for you to see it, everything. Like you popped in on the Chronicles like two years ago and then you're cooking lobster in Maine. Yeah. And like selling a fucking cookbook and stuff like it's yeah, nuts, selling a fucking <laughs> cookbook on Amazon. Like what? But like, yeah, no, I agree. Like stuff snowballs really quick. And and I think that's like something for a lot of people, you know, it's like. It's not something you just looked at and you're like, I know exactly where this is going. It's just like stuff builds and like it gets wild and you just got to ride it out and keep keep the momentum when you got it, you know? Yeah. And I think it's like, it snowballs fast, but like we were even talking about with this podcast before, like it, you, when you look back, it seems like it happened fast, but when you're in the moment, it takes time. Well, and, and to be that's fully very honest, important. everything we're doing, everything you've accomplished in the years you've been doing this so far, it's like you grind your ass off. Like none of this is super easy. It's like, it takes a lot of time. It's like, it's not just a uh, super easy, like, oh yeah, you just film this and everyone watches it. Yeah. Oh, dude, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, no, and I got lucky too. First gotta, thing, first, you gotta trust the process, right? First thing I throw out on YouTube went mega viral. <laughs> like, yeah, nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Get you get lucky. But uh yeah, anyways, that post was yesterday, and it was just yeah, it was crazy to look at and be like, that was only three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it's growing. Like, it's not like you're sitting here going, man, I hope I can keep doing this. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. like, and you already know you're doing it. Yeah. And it feels like, like by year three now, now it feels like you're like, oh, okay. Like I'm good. Like this all Cause stuff comes easier. Once you're yeah. established or in anything you do, it's like all of a sudden you've been doing it a while and you're like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, exactly. But no, so that, that was big for me. Current event wise. Um, 
but yeah, other than that, snow our giant snowstorm from last week all melted. Yeah, and it's dumping rain right now as we're recording this. Like I'm watching lightning out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it is not lightning at my place, but yeah. Well, we're 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 a couple miles apart here. Yeah. yeah, but uh, uh, like I was telling you the other day. So for people that don't know, um, I'm back at my parents. My parents own like ten to fifteen acres down in the New Prague area. But uh, in their backyard is a giant marshland, and uh, I don't hunt, but I always have been pushing for them. I'm like, hey, I have friends who hunt, and there is a shitload of birds here. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of turkeys. <laughs> there's deer that roll through everything. And uh, this year is the first year they're like, yeah, yeah, let, like, let Pink come out and do it. So I've been sending them videos like yesterday or like three days ago. I sent you a Snapchat of like, flocks of geese rolling Dude, in and it's funny because like you're so i kind well you got me in like a group text with your parents last year and it was super funny because like they literally had no idea who i was and i was like texting your mom like hey let me know when the turkeys are there and shit and it was funny because like she would send me like pictures of like one just like standing in the yard and stuff and the way that their property sets up is funny because it's like the house is kind of like in the middle, right? So it's yeah. not like it's like in the front and then there's all this land behind. It's kind of like positioned in the center. And then the whole back, you can literally see like from the deck, right? So, yeah. so I remember the one day I went there to like check it out because I had at, your dad was like, yeah, if you want to come try hunting or whatever, like, you know, knock yourself out. And I think I told him I wanted to just come. I'd never even. Well, I think I was there for a party one time, like a couple of years ago but I, yeah like, like the first time we met like seven eight years ago yeah i went to some beer bash at your house and everyone was like oh his mic cut out but yeah he showed up he showed up to uh party at my place it was like one of my first summers back from college that i wasn't doing a practicum somewhere so i had a bunch of friends over and we were drinking a ton of beers outside then him and bo brower just ended up chatting about pike fishing for like four hours I but wanna- uh like it was right before like a tournament or something is that seem right i think it was right before um the old oh it was like on cedar lake i don't remember what the name of the circuit was now because but I, uh I it was the first else yeah it was the first circuit Sobe and i ever fished but there was like a uh saturday tournament out on cedar it was like 20 boats bunch of kids half of the rigs are walleye boats I was old in my running my green ranger at the time and we were all fishing the tournament the next day or maybe I didn't fish it the day before. I don't even remember. Yeah. And I didn't really know barely anyone that was there. I was friends with Sam, you know, and Connor and whatever. So he cut out again. He'll roll into this in a sec, but yeah, he was, I ended up meeting pink through Sobe because he went to college out at Stevens point with Sobe and Connor. Um, but yeah, the Cedar Lake tournament, it went pretty well. I ended up taking third, I think. Yeah, I um, did not. I did not. I think we got like 12th or something. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, besides the point. So that was the first time I was ever there. And there was definitely no like, hey, you like, let's look at this for like hunting. Like it was like middle of summer, right? Um, but anyway, so your dad, like I go there and it was funny cause I, like your dad <laughs> is like a super nice guy, but he was like, so unimpressed with me, dude. Like yeah. I showed up. Well, my dad doesn't like, like hunt or anything. It's just more of you were disturbing his time. I know. So I got there and I was like super uncomfortable. So I was like, yeah, I was just going there to like scout it. Cause I didn't, I just want to see what the deal was. And they said they had some turkeys walking around or whatever. And then he's like, 
so what, you just want to like look around? And I was like, I mean, kind of, yeah. <laughs> so like I go, I think he, he took me like in the house and like we went on the deck and he's just like pointing at stuff and he's like, yeah, knock yourself out if you want to go back. So I went stomping around and looking at some stuff and I think it was in the spring because there was like a ton of geese back there. Like it was insane. Like they were all nesting or whatever. But the turkeys were showing up and that was kind of what I was like, oh, I check this out for turkey hunting maybe. And, uh, I just never came together where like they were consistently coming there and I had time to be there. So I was kind of bummed, but I'm hoping like I can make it work this time or at least try it. Cause there's a bunch there. Like, I mean, you sent me that snap the other day, like they're around and there's a pretty big wood block, like on the neighbors or whatever. So it's yeah, an interesting just... property just because like legit, no matter what you're hunting and like you could hunt geese there, like totally legal. And the whole thing, there's like a couple ponds. It's really cool. But it's, I mean, like, I'm talking right behind the house. So, like, somebody could literally just be, like, chilling, drinking their coffee, like, watching out the window, like, everything going down. Yeah, and that like, real <laughs> close in the fall, as long as we have water in that pond and we keep the grass a little lower, uh, doesn't get too grown up. Like, my joke to my dad was, I was like, yeah, whatever day he comes out, I'll let you know. You wake up at 530 and just go sit on the deck and you get to watch them all die because he hates those things. God, he hates those. And it is a cool spot, I think, because, like, uh, I probably just got to get in there and maybe, like, mow a little bit throughout the summer to keep that grass down. And the geese are going to they're going to use it, dude. But I think we're only going to get one shoot out of it. And those geese are going to be like, fuck this place. Yeah. It'll be one hell of a shoot, but we'll get one out of it because they they do like that area back there, man. Yeah, I'm very I'm very intrigued to see if it's only one shoot or more, just because I know how many stop on cedar and like the sewage plant and everything yeah. on the way down. So so it I could think, be really cool. Yeah, I think it maybe this spring I'll try a turkey thing, but for sure in the fall it's going to be at least we got to give it one honest effort to try to blast some of those geese out of there because there's a ton of them. Yeah, it is unbelievable. And the whole back thing, that whole marsh field is flooded right now. Like it's just a giant pond and there are birds everywhere. I wish you could do something this spring, dude, because they are stacked in there. Yeah. And I think honestly you could shoot and then the next day they just come back because they're like, I want to nest here. Dude, (laughs) I would the day I walked down there, there was a ton of them and they were like on nest. So there's I shit you not, like not a big area. And there is 20 to 30 nesting pairs in this thing. So there's 50, 60 geese down there. And they're just like every little bush has one on a nest, one on a nest. So you're walking down there and they don't care. They're just sitting there just hissing at you because you're like five feet away and they're not having it. So they're like trying to kill you because you're like stealing their eggs or something. And I'm like, chill, bro. Like, it's all good. And I'm like walking by and these geese are like hiding in the weeds, just like sticking their neck out like. And I'm like, damn. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but yeah it's crazy dude it's kind of like this little backyard honey hole to be honest pretty sick. yeah yeah it should be cool hopefully it ends up working out but uh yeah other than that everything's melted off and um yeah just getting ready to head down south what do you got going on um so right now kind of in the mix of trying to plan a couple of trips so um i'm hoping to do some spring fishing trips right now um so just kind of looking at options for that. And I know we talked about this before, but it's like this weird time of year where you're kind of like between everything. And so it's like, yeah, you kind of put the ice fishing stuff away. There's like, you can't open water fish barely other than on the river. And like, that's not really popping off yet, at least for the stuff that I like to do. 
so anyway, I'm just kind of like looking forward and got some stuff, some Wisconsin trips planned, I think. So I'll be messing around over there a bit, a little crappie fishing, a little walleye fishing. And then I should add, if anybody's going to fish the river here, because here's the deal. It's supposed to be like 60, 70 coming up yep. and uh, the river's going up. I'm just going to tell everybody the river is fairly safe to navigate at most times a year. Uh, everybody's worried about hitting stuff. However, mm-hmm. I'm going to put a big warning on this spring because it has not flooded hard in about two to three years. We've had a lot of storms rip through the areas the last few years, and there is going to be a metric shitload of trees floating down the Mississippi River as the water rises. So watch the water levels. Once it gets up and it like stops, then it's probably going to be okay. But as long as it keeps rising, dude, there's going to be a lot of shit floating down that river. Yeah. And, and that's for everything over here. I mean, any river system, cause I mean the, the Mississippi obviously is like, it can take some water, but some of these Minnesota river systems and everything down from, I don't know, everything South of lock and dam Two all the way to freaking Iowa basically is looking like it might flood. So it's going to be probably a sketchy spring. Like you said, a lot of wood and a lot of that stuff. I mean, I mean, some of it's been dead a while and that's, those are those weird ones that float like just under the surface too. Like not the bobber ones that are easy to see. So mm-hmm. you gotta be careful out there, no doubt. But yeah, I I've been seeing a lot more people posting that they've been fishing the river. A lot of walleyes getting caught. I did see that lower end of Lake Pepin still ice. It is. So, you did see. Yeah, I, I looked on the um, that NASA worldview thing, um, which gives like daily. Uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with that? Uh, so I look at it every once in a while, but I like I was talking to Hayden the other day and I told him with the wind and stuff we got over the weekend and everything. I was like, dude, I'd be shocked if there's still ice down there. Yeah. So like Lake City down to where it next down in the channel was still ice. Okay. Well, that'll, that'll, that'll be gone, but yeah. And the cool thing, I mean, I don't know if anybody's seen that they were running those, you know, barges down through there and they were busting up ice or whatever. You can see that on the satellite image, which is pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. They do that every spring, but normally when they do it, like the week or two after it's open and this year it just never did. Well, it's just got a lot. It's thick ice. But thick, well, the ice wasn't they do Lake Pepin ice measurements, and I was watching it in February. And I even I think I even sent you guys pictures. I was like, there is not a lot of ice on Pepin. Uh well, it was like 16 to 18 inches, but with the water not coming up, it never like because the water didn't start coming up until about now, even sure. with how much melt-off we've had and everything. So I think it never pulled the ice from the shores. Mm-hmm. Uh, because once it pulls the ice from the shore, that stuff's gone. Like yeah. it gets washed out so quick. Yeah, and I think this rain should help a ton with like eating that and everything because it's pouring pretty hard, or you know was today. But um, yeah, anyway, as of whatever yesterday, there was still ice from Lake City down. But um, yeah, there's going to be good fishing. I mean, I know people have been pounding walleyes in the the upper section and you know everything up in in two. So like they're there, they're getting caught. So fishing's only going to get better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I work obviously out in the West Metro and I've been driving over the Minnesota every day and it just keeps getting higher, dude. The past five days just keeps going up. Yeah. I looked at the river level report too, and it looks like it's as far as I can forecast, it's going to keep going up. So yeah. And we need a big Minnesota river flood. Yeah. We need it bad. 
as much as flooding's like ah, kind of bad or sketchy or whatever i mean at least around here there's not a lot of stuff in the river valley floodplain so it's not like people's houses are getting flooded out i mean this is just like woods going underwater so it's not that big of a deal um as far as like damage wise but for a lot of the backwater fishing and stuff it's gonna it's if it connects and flushes out it's gonna be wild this year dude yeah yeah, it should make it good all the way around. So, yeah, a lot of floods coming. I know as we're talking about rain, northern Minnesota is getting another like nine to 20 inches of snow currently. Um, See, that's that was, the crazy part that I don't think a lot of people think about with the flooding stuff. It's like down here, they're like, oh, there's not that much snow left. Like, how bad is it going to get? But we get all that water up there. Yeah, it all <laughs> it goes here. into the Mississippi River. <laughs> it all goes into the Mississippi River floodplain. Yeah. All so it. it's it's crazy but all, all that compounds together and then when we get these rains down here and depending on how much water letting through those dams it can change pretty damn quick yeah yeah so we got i think griff was telling me he was talking to his buddy in cloquet and he said he has legitimately four to five feet of snow in his front yard currently holy shit yeah and i was like well it's all coming one way and yeah we're right gonna get through a, our yard <laughs> yeah we're gonna get a warm-up next week um i don't think it's supposed to be as warm up there but it's gonna start melting and she's gonna come hauling down the river so this yep. might be a spring like three or four years ago where that thing is just high and flooded for literally like a month month and a half mm-hmm. um and for me like personally i don't really care as long you know as long as people's houses aren't getting affected which typically they don't but yeah uh, and like flooding it makes, sucks yeah. if it's you know bad but like for, God, it makes the fishing good. This dude, Saint it really Jude, does. Dude, if the water's high for this St. Jude this year, like yeah. if it's above 12 feet, like if mm-hmm. you look at the Wabasha water level and it says it's above um, at like 12 feet, 12 feet and up until they can still launch boats and run it, the yeah. weights will be egregious. Yeah. Well, and like I said, the past five days, the water level on the Minnesota River, I'm, and this is at like Shakopee, okay? But that level has come up i would say over 10 feet in the past five days yeah i drove over it today coming back from the cities drove by it in shakopee just on the main bridge there and it's three feet from going over the edges so it's gonna happen in the next week man so we'll see what happens there uh hopefully it's a wet spring dude i mean we need the water and lakes are filling up fast so it's gonna be it'll help everything helps yeah I think I saw or Griff told me, I don't know how accurate this is, but uh, Griff told me that they weren't planning on opening the Minnetonka um, dam until oh, after on Minnehaha June. Creek. Yeah, whatever it is, but they're they're not planning on opening it because they want to fill the lake back up. But there's plenty of runoff hitting it. I can tell yeah. you that much. Yeah, no, that's all good. So we'll kind of monitor that. I mean, I don't know how many I'm, a lot of our people live in Minnesota. They're listening to this, but those that don't. There's your uh, your river uh, update right there. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, be high and muddy. <laughs> she she brown right now. <laughs> Tell you yeah. that. Tie but on, yeah. So kind of spinnerbait. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So I'm I'm hoping to get to Wisconsin over like a well probably May mostly, but you know April's kind of I don't know a weird month because it's like if you get the right weather you can go do stuff, but other than that it's just kind of whatever. So I do think I think we're gonna have lakes open up in the next week and a half around here. I think so. You know, like because the ice is deteriorating quick. Um, this rain, I mean, it just eats it because the ice is soft right now. So it's like it doesn't take a lot to destroy it quick. Um, which I think is good. I mean, 
you know, a lot of lakes that were close to winter kill this year too. Once they get open, it's like they get that oxygen, start mixing again with the wind and everything is good for them. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so you're getting spring fishing trips planned. Yeah. Um, and then, and then like, uh, the Turkey season opens next week. So like coming real fast opens next Wednesday and, uh, be going pretty hard in that this year just because i don't i mean can't go fishing or anything right now so probably spend some solid time there and our season in minnesota goes from uh basically next wednesday through the end of may so it's like you have a pretty long season um i'll be archery hunting but i mean you can hunt with a shotgun too it's totally legal so um be messing with that so i'll probably have some some stories from that and get out in the field it'd be nice to go chase some critters around with a tag in my pocket and try to get it done is there any other spring hunting season or is it just turkeys? Uh, in Minnesota, there is not. But in other states, uh, the other kind of big spring thing is uh, bear hunting. So some of the western states have. Oh, he just cut out. So if you guys did not know, I am not the biggest hunter in the world. I actually have never been. Um, Pink and I have talked about at one point me coming out west to film something with him because I think it would be a cool experience to go do. But it is something I have never done. Yeah. And I think we'll we'll line that up eventually, like go out and kind of just get the experience. But yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I was saying spring bear is kind of the other thing. And we don't have that here, but some Western states do. Uh, some don't. But that's a, a pretty popular spring spring hunting activity. So uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, pretty much all the, the animals are making babes in the spring. So a lot of that stuff, uh, or, you know, that's when they're having the babies, I guess. They all smash in the fall mostly. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of like a closed season for a lot of stuff. But Gotcha. So you got your turkeys. Um, yeah, other than that, for me, just prepping to go south. Got a few Toyota Series events um, down on Kentucky Barkley which I am pretty hyped about. You fished Kentucky back in the day in the college series, didn't you? Oh, he's cut out right now. So he'll be back in a sec, but I get to go to Kentucky Barkley. And then immediately after I go to Chickamauga. So I get to spend two heavenly weeks on the Tennessee river, arguably a, probably one of the best times to do it April. Nice. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. Hopefully break a PB. Yeah, I've never, I haven't fished Chick, but I did, I did fish Kentucky Lake. Um, we did, we had a college, um, it was like one of those big bass bash tournaments. So it was like a, a big fish only kind of thing. So it wasn't like a five bag thing. There was like, I want to say like eight weigh-ins throughout the day or something. So it was like, you could catch a fish and like weigh it in at any of these weigh-ins kind of thing. It's kind of badass. It was like a, like a couple hundred boats probably. And, uh, yeah, we ripped down there. That one, it launched out of like Paris yep yeah and, so uh, bottom end of the lake yeah so that was cool and that was the first time i was ever there so that was like a big learning experience we did catch some pretty nice fish in that one but we didn't i mean we didn't win or anything but that was uh that was sick that was that was like my first time going down south hucking an a, a rig around and catching some fish so that was pretty badass yeah i am i am pumped and i'm very intrigued to see what kentucky is like now because everybody knows about the asian carp that hit it mm -hmm. um it got really affected by that and then also kind of the more research i've done heading into this tournament it sounds like there was a combo factor of that and then there was like five years in a row where there was really bad spawns 
So okay. all of a sudden you combo that with the carp invasion and all of a sudden the lake, like it didn't die out, but it really changed. Um, from what I've heard, there is a ton of smallmouth in there now. Really? Like, like more than largemouth. Interesting. Like, like a lot more. Hmm. Um, so I am very intrigued. Uh, it's still Southern smallmouth, so they act different. However, these are Tennessee river fish, so they're at least somewhat predictable in the sense of current. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should be cool. I I'm really excited. Like I said, dude, like TVA April Fisher, just, they haven't quite hit the beds yet. They're about to, um, you're going to have a spawn, a thon pre-spawn some post spawn. Um, there's just going to be big fish in a lot of places. And I'm excited for that. Like, especially after two grimy events on grand. And then one of my other last opens was, smith lake in the fall with a 15 inch size limit on spots which if anyone's been to smith lake you can catch 100 fish a day and 98 of them will be 14 and three quarter inch spots yeah um, that so sucks I, yeah i'm very excited to go to the tva i think it's fun it's cool for guys up here too because that that i mean granted you can do some of the same techniques but like those southern fisheries are just so much different you know than like what we have here yeah and it's a huge learning curve i mean that's my biggest thing going into it is i mean obviously i'd like to do well and qualify for a championship and win some money that's everybody's goal but if you have that in your brain that you're going to do that immediately uh, especially being from the north i think Mm -hmm. you kind of set yourself up for failure there aren't many guys from the north who went and did it like even fighter talks about he fished flw tour for two years um back in the day I don't think he ever finished above a hundredth from what I've heard. Yeah. And he came back home, fished for a while, went and did the opens, made the elite series, but it's a huge learning curve going down South. So I'm trying to shorten it, spending time on the Tennessee river. Mm -hmm. Uh, They all fish somewhat similar from my experience so far, uh, being on a handful of them. And I get to go to a couple different ones now, which will be fun. And, I mean, dude, who couldn't love going to chick at the end of April? Like you got a chance at a 10 pounder. Yeah. Um, I with, just think all those lakes are lit. Cause you could throw a jerk bait and it doesn't get bit off. Dude, honestly, <laughs> that's like the craziest part is you tie on like all these expensive baits and you're like, I'm going to get it back. Yeah. Yeah. No pike down there. Yeah. Other than brush piles. I think I told you guys at Graham, yeah, like yeah. I started fishing around brush piles and all of a sudden I was down like $120 in a rigs and jig heads and Kytex. And I'm like, what are we doing here? And the yeah. worst part is it's on like 20 pound floral. You know how hard it is to break that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like you're like trying to get it off the brush pile. I pulled up two brush piles, got my a rig, just them, but... cleating it off and just drive dude. Yeah. That's <laughs> dude. That's basically what I had to do. It was either that or just drive up close and cut the scissors and you're like, yeah, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, that should be fun, dude. At least you, you get to spend some time on a fishery when it's putting out, you know, Well, exactly. And like low key, the other thing I'm super excited for is when I get back here, April 28th, your boy's going to be tan. There's because that. Because the, it is going to be so warm. Like I'm looking at the forecast and it's like every day is 70 to 85 nights are like mid fifties to mid sixties. And I'm oh, like, you're going to get so goddamn sunburned, dude. Oh dude, I'm going to get roasted. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm just very excited for the warmth and like, God, it's just been a long cold. Like it hasn't been excessively cold. It's just been six months of 30 degrees. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to go down there and like not have to put a jacket on. Yeah, that'll uh, be nice. I think yeah. That'll be cool. It'll feel so weird those first couple of days when you're just like rocking shorts and a t-shirt. You're like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and now all of a sudden your legs start feeling a little itchy and you're like, what? There's and you're like, oh, right the skin's now. falling off now. Sick. Yeah, <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> um, yeah. And I get to go to Chattanooga, which is, uh, I mean, low key, probably my favorite city in the South. Oh, um, really? Yeah. I love Chattanooga. That's where chicken, Chickamauga. Well, it's in Dayton, but Chickamauga is part of, or Chattanooga hits Chickamauga. So uh, say that three times. Yeah. I think it's a little tough, but super excited about that. Just dude, excited to go bass and I'm, I'm ready for it. Ready to just rig everything up. The crazy thing though, is I was thinking about it and I was like, I think I literally am going to have to rig all 30 of my rods. Cause I have two back-to-back tournaments and I think they're both going to be different. Interesting. Well, that should be fun. I mean, be mm-hmm. like just sitting in the garage, just, piddling away well dude next week it's supposed to be 60 70 outside i'm gonna put her right in the front lawn and just sit out on that boat and rig all my rods there you go it'll be great but other than that um so current event wise that's what we got going on i think we're gonna dive into now a little bit of just what in the world is going on a little bit of what in the world is going on in the world of i mean outdoors fishing anything um so first one i wanted to bring up and I think this is a great one because of how much pink loves spring pike fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, angler catches Idaho state record Northern pike. So yes. And this thing is it. an absolute toad. Yeah, it is a giant. It is so thick too. Um, it was caught out in Hayden Lake out in Idaho. It was a certified state record. Uh, fish weighed 40.76. It was 49 in length, 26 and a half in girth. Yeah, that's insane. And like, okay, let me just break this down. So there's only a handful of places in, I would say, the United States where you could legitimately catch a fish of this caliber. Um, Granted, I mean, I know that there's records that are like of this kind of length or whatever. But the picture, I mean, when you see this fish, the, the girth is insane. And yeah, 26 and a half inches girth, which is just nuts. And I mean, 49 inches is a huge pike and they do get pike like that in Canada. And, and, you know, here and there you hear about one that big. Um, but to be able to catch one pre-spawn when it looks like this is mental. So, uh, I'm Minnesota is one of the places where you could catch a fish like this, which is crazy. Um, but Idaho, man, just insane. And it's a pretty one, nice, dark green, Look this fish up if if you are interested in looking at just an absolute hog, dude. I mean it it's unreal. Well, that, Hank, that's you, all egg weight, dude. You are obsessed with spring pike fishing. I know how much you love it. How big was that freak? It was a silver, right? That you yeah. got out of I won't say where. Um yeah. that you got a couple springs ago. So um, it was and yeah. what was the girth on that one? Because wasn't it somewhat similar? So all of the measurements are what I would consider unofficial on that fish because I caught it out of a kayak. Uh, I mean, this is on the river. It was just like I had a soft tape with, so we kind of did what we could do. Um, I realistically, I think the, the, the fish on like a bump board would have went probably about 44 inches. Um, 
and girth was somewhere in the 24 inch range. Um, I mean, we taped it a little bigger than that, but I, I don't think it was quite that fat. And I've, I've talked to several other people that kind of target these fish at this time of year, because there's people that go to Canada and they catch big pike, but they do not look like these fish. I mean, these are river bred. I mean, they're pre-spawn full of shad full of eggs it's nuts like they just don't even look real um but yeah so i i i would say 44 by about 24 ish um insane thick fish the pictures are unreal biggest pike i've ever laid eyes on in real life what's it like getting pulled around in a kayak by one of those things dude adrenaline max because it was like i i would say that not being like cocky or anything, but it's like, we've caught a lot of 40 inch class pike out of that particular place out of kayaks. Okay. And you know, when you hook one, okay, that's the cool thing. So, and the fights are fairly long just because, I mean, you're not like in a boat where you can just bring them to you. So it's like, they drag you around a bit. You kind of reel yourself to the fish. It's very weird. Okay. The overall thing. And it's very shallow water. So when the fish run, they don't run down, they run away from you. Um, and in that cold water, they're a little sluggish because a lot of the water temps are, you know, in the forties yet. And they get really pissed off when you get them close to the kayak. Right. So then they run underneath the boat and there's a lot of panic mode at the last minute kind of thing. Um, and you know, not having a net or whatever, that's just kind of on me, but I've just always like handled them at the side of the boat. So handling a fish like that with no net was pretty intense. Uh, yeah, a lot. It was just nuts, man. And and you get them up next to the boat. And the cool thing is, you know, normally you get them up, you net them, that kind of thing in a boat. Well, in a kayak, you get them five, 10 feet from the boat and the fight is not over, but I'm just like looking at this fish in the water and I'm like, Christ, that thing is big, you know? And finally getting your hands on it. Once you've grabbed that gill plate and you got them and you're like, Oh, we did it, dude. And, uh, and release that fish back. And it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of a weird color phase one. Not, it wasn't what I would, you know, like a silver pike is like an actual, like, I, I don't know if it's a sub, I don't know. It might be a species. It might not. I don't know that it's technically a subspecies, but it's like a weird color phase where they don't have any, uh, stripes or anything. They're just kind of this like clear background on a pike. Uh, this one was not that, but it was very, it was purple and very light colored. So very unique. I've never seen one colored that way. So I'm glad we got a ton of pictures of it. Um, the unbelievable head on this thing. It was, I mean, I couldn't even span my hand across the back of its dome, which was crazy. If people scroll back far enough on pink's Instagram, you will see pictures of it getting pulled up by the kayak. It's screenshots from a GoPro and it is mortifyingly large it's so big. And like, I was so hyped, but it was just, it was a really cool moment. Cause that was like kind of the fish that I was chasing, you know, like I went there for this type of caliber thing, finally got it done. Um, at that time, this was a couple years back, but at that time we were, we were chasing, we wanted to get the catch and release state record, which at that time, 45 and a quarter, I think was it. So, and I think that one was pretty much a 44, um, I know they live there. It's just, I haven't connected yet, but super cool to catch them pre-spawn. And that's definitely what this fish that this one in Idaho was caught, um, was pre-spawn. And it's interesting there because like they got no ice, like this guy's out in a boat, you know, whereas like here we're, we're accessing places that open before the ice melts off fully. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Kind of a different game, but 
there, like I said, there's not a lot of places in the United States where you can catch a fish like this. And Minnesota is one of those places, but Idaho is apparently pretty lit. And I will say, I, I do not know this guy. I've messaged him a couple of times, just throwing this out there. Cause this is relevant to this article, but there is a, Oh no, his mic just cut out. He will be back shortly. It was getting choppy there for a little bit. But yeah, people don't know. Idaho is pretty lit. It's definitely somewhere to look into for various types of fishing. The West in general is lit. Yeah. And so anyway, what I, I'll just get this out quick. But this guy, he runs an Instagram page um, that is called Trailer Pike Boys. And I love this, man. He yeah. looks, if you see the picture of him too, you'll be like, yeah, he runs Trailer Pike Boys. Yeah. So um whatever like i said don't know this guy no affiliation i've messaged him a couple of times on instagram just because he's another dude that loves to chase big pike lives in montana and uh they smash dude and it's sick like if you like big pike this guy is like a good guy to follow they do a ton of pike fishing out there they catch some giants um you know in this upper 40 caliber oh we just lost pink again he will be back shortly. It's been getting it progressively all of a sudden gotten worse, but we will see if all of a sudden he can come back with a full uh, full force. Here, Pink, how about maybe just leave the live stream quick and then come back in. I'll let you in. Right. Um, yeah, we're, we're dealing with some hardware issues here. This is like this goes deeper than the Wi-Fi situation. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to uh, – I'm just going to start introducing the next article. So Pink will okay. be able to jump right in. He knows Run it, it already. I'll, I'll be back in a sec. So the next article is uh, Angler Catches One of the Biggest Crappies uh, Georgia Has Seen in 20 Years. So if you look this one up, it's on Wired to Fish. Uh, avid crappie angler James King of Georgia caught a uh, crappie. It weighed 3 pounds, 11 ounces, 3.74 pounds. Um, they classified it as a black crappie. Um, if you guys have been following the Crappie Chronicles for a while, you know we talk about hybrids. If you look at this fish, I would be intrigued to hear what Pink has to say now that he's back. But I'm very sure this is a hybrid. Um, and yeah, their state record's four pound, four ounces. So everyone talks about how down south has them bigger. Uh, Minnesota state record's over five pounds. Some people don't believe it. I totally do based off of what we've seen with various fish. But uh, yeah, just seeing a crappie that big, like that's kind of one you know, we've been chasing to put on film. Um, fish was, they don't even have a length on it. They just got to wait, which kind of upsets me. I wish they had a length. Yeah, I agree because it'd be nice to know um, kind of that length girth measurement on it as well. I mean, for people that really care about this type of stuff, um, those are the type of measurements that are actually really important. <laughs> um, yeah. Just because it's like, there are fish that look really big and I'm, I mean, I'm sure they weighed this. So 374 giant. Um, but I'd like to know the length because like we talk about them here, you know, even lakes we go to, they're built different in yeah. different places. So, um, you know, I'd like to know, like, is that a 19 inch fish? Uh, you know, is it 18? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Cause like, that's a crazy thing. Thinking of the one that I filmed Griff catch a couple of years ago, like that was for sure a three pound crappie. Like, oh, no he, doubt. We didn't, no we doubt. didn't have a scale with that day. He totally agrees. Um, pinched. It would have hit around 17 and it had a stub tail. 
So, uh, but just laying there flat, it was like 16 and a half, 16 and three quarter, whatever it was. But uh, just looking at that and us saying like, we want to catch an 18 incher, hopefully be around four pounds. Like that's kind of what we're looking for. And you think that's a hybrid too, right? I think it looks like a hybrid. I, I, yeah. I mean, if somebody just showed me this without telling me it was a black, I would 100% say hybrid. I mean, it even has the gill plate dot. Um, on yeah, and it has some bars down by the tail too. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I don't know how deep they go on this. Like, um, you know, I know if this fish was caught in Minnesota, they would probably do genetic testing on it to verify speed, you know, if it was a hybrid or not. Yeah. But like and some States, they don't, they don't care or, or they don't recognize a hybrid as being a separate thing. Yeah. Yeah. And to me looks like a hybrid, but I thought it was cool to see it showed up. Actually, one of our listeners, uh, the up North bassing guys, they're always first up at our meetups and stuff. Uh, always enjoy chatting with those boys, but one of them, uh, shot me a message with that. And, uh, he was like, you guys should go fish here. I was like, yeah, we probably should. Um, but yeah, so that, that's a freak big hybrid. Hopefully we can get one in Minnesota eventually, but, um, They ain't easy to run into. One of the biggest crappies in the last 20 years in Georgia. So just giving a scale also to people, if we get one on film, what that will mean. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. But to be honest, like I know you just mentioned it before and a lot of people knock. I mean, old records, right? And I know that they're talking about this fall erasing a bunch of those old ones. Um, Dude, if they release that record this summer or erase it, which I think they're talking about and we get to film a season four like if we film could, a season four or anything on like and get the chance to set that record um that would be crazy that would be a new adrenaline rush to the whole series it would like, and and you know the the only thing with that one is like i know that there's a lot of speculation about these old records and there are some like the northern pike one and stuff that are probably very fake but we don't know for sure, but I would say that that crappie one is the one that I would actually say is legit. Yeah, I would believe it. Even I though mean, it's astronomically big, I, based on where it came from and what we know about that place, I would say 100% is legit. Yeah, and also because I have heard of 20-inch fish out of another place. Yeah, and they're, they live here, man. Like, yeah, they're, they're around. Don't let the, yeah. Anybody who's like, oh, that's crazy. No, they're, they're around. You'll, mm-hmm. you run into the right local. They'll show you pictures on their wall. Yeah. And well, in places like here, like Georgia, right. I mean, long growing season, this fish probably not super old, even though it seems like it should be up here. A fish like that really old, short growing think- season, cold water. I do think it's kind of something we talk about with the Chronicles, though, that I find interesting. And one of the reasons I brought this Georgia article up is um, everyone talks about down south having bigger and everything. Like, that's one of the biggest ones caught in the last 20 years. Like, I've seen, I don't know, seven, ten pictures of 18s this year in Minnesota this winter. Yeah. And I I don't know the length on this fish, but those 18s are all of three and a quarter to three and a half pounds. Yes, fully agreed. And I bet um, this fish is longer. It, I just don't think it's as built. I mean, it's yeah. a big fish. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I but agree. I, I would guess that that's probably like a 19-inch class crappie. Um, and if you caught that here, it would definitely be four. Yes. Yep, for sure. There's This area around the Twin Cities grows them different, man. That's one reason I, I, I thought I'd bring that up. But yeah. um, 
also kind of what in the world is going on. Another thing, not related to fishing at all, but uh, for people who don't know, I'm a big golf fan. I was a golf. I was actually a, uh, I was a varsity golfer from seventh grade, a JV varsity golfer from seventh grade until sophomore year of high school. Then I quit to go fishing more because I'd either have to play 18 holes every day in the spring or I could go fishing and then play 18 holes when I wanted to. So ended up fishing more. Um, not as good anymore. Bart's like, would have went pro, but you know, no, not, not even, (laughs) um, but not as good anymore. I still, I can still shoot in the eighties pretty frequently. You still still swing the club now and then though. Yeah. I wish, I mean, my goal this summer actually is to play about a dozen times. Our buddy Cody Krug started up a little golf league. Um, so anyone who likes golf, who's maybe interested in a golf league, hit up Krug, um, it's like an online deal with an app that I'm going to be into where he has a course picked. You have two weeks to play the course and then your court, your score gets submitted. They uh, calculate handicap throughout the season and everything. And by the end of the year, we'll have it figured out. But wow, that sounds pretty dialed actually. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. I'm actually excited for it because he has like a very organized schedule. Mm. And then like you have two weeks to play this course. And like, for me, it's like, okay, I just need to, you know, shovel out four to five hours one day to go do this um i've said for a few years ever ever since i started working for myself i just haven't golfed as much and i I do love golfing but with that and with golfing it's master's week and even if you're not a huge golf fan i think for me anyways like master's week signifies spring like it is spring it is here and there's nothing better than all of a sudden the Jim Nance Masters commercials coming on CBS on TV. Like, I, I just, I love it. I love Masters Week. Dude, I I think golf is, like, interesting because it's probably the, the sport that's closest to, like, competitive fishing, right? Like, I would say across the board, just, like, how it's an individual sport. I mean, granted, there are, like, team events, right? But, um, like, of the pro-level competitive sports it is definitely the closest wouldn't you yeah all by yourself a lot of mental like all those guys who play professionally are very close to each other talent wise which is very similar with fishing like a lot of guys are on the same level in terms of skill Mm -hmm. um like i've heard the comparison of like in the elite series you go down a dock line and you think you're a better dock fisherman like everybody skipped it in front of you and they're just as good you know, yeah. there might be a little bit of a variance, but there ain't much. And and the, it's also the biggest like, thing it comes down to is mentality. They're yeah. Mental. And it's that same kind of thing where it's like, everybody's good. Like you don't get to that level without being good, but it's all, you also have that whole aspect of like, dude, when it's your day, it's your day. Yeah. You know, for which, sure. When you're on fire, you're on fire. That, But it is a thing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So with master's week, um, I thought something that would be cool to bring up in here is an article that came out every, if you don't watch the masters, a thing that happens with the masters is there's a champion's dinner every week before the event. So all previous champions get invited to it and the previous champion from last year. So that's Scotty Scheffler. They pick a dinner that everybody will have and they make it uh, for everybody to have. So, what I wanted to post to Pink, and I'll chime in with some of my stuff, but Pink's the food guy here, so I gotta gotta ask him on this. But his master's club dinner is cheeseburger sliders served Scotty style. I wish I knew exactly what that meant. Um, firecracker shrimp, 
with sweet Thai chili and sriracha mayo. Okay. Then next, the soup is avocado, crispy blue tortilla strips, sour cream, cilantro, and lime. Mm-hmm. And then we've got uh, Texas ribeye steak or blackened redfish as the main dishes. Family style mac and cheese, jalapeno creamed corn, fried Brussels sprouts, and seasoned fries for the side. These boys are going to shit their pants, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the all of a sudden you see mac and cheese and creamed corn and you're like, oh boy. <laughs> Um, and then for dessert we got warm chocolate chip skillet cookie what's a skillet cookie uh so to my knowledge that would be like those uh like cast iron cooked like chocolate chip cookies okay that would be what that that's what i know that as but yep milk and cookies ice cream as well but that is what his dinner menu is so i think what would be important to run through here pink you yep. say one day you decide you're a god at golf. You yep. go win the Masters somehow. No doubt. Masters Club dinner. What are your two appetizers you're throwing out there? His are cheeseburger sliders and firecracker shrimp. What do you got? So, I mean, this one's tough because, like, most of the stuff that I would say would not be, like, food you would serve at something like this. Because No, I- you got to do it because, they, dude, they'll pick anything. And they right. make but it happen. Here's what I'm saying, dude. Like, if you're in an event like this and you're the man, like I won, bro. Like, I'm picking the dinner. Like, this shit's about to be bougie. Okay. Especially because I don't have to make it. I just have to be like, give me that. Right. Yeah. 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 So we'd probably be going, I'd be, I'd be looking like some t- something, some kind of high roller apps, and then maybe like chill out a little bit on like the main thing. Cause I want to like, I want people to know right off the bat. And I'll be like, yeah, I could have. I could have went ham here, but I didn't. I laid off. All right. So, all right. So what are your high hit naps? You need two of them. So I think I think I would do like like a Wagyu beef steak bites. Ooh, that's a good one. Right. Okay. So do like you, do you have any like horseradish sauce or something with that, or are they just as steak bites? I mean, I, I, I think I would just roll straight up. I mean, maybe there's like an option, you know, right? Like, hey, you want you want that horseradish pop sick, but you know, I, I think that that's just one that would hit. Right. And you're just that you're just leading in, you know, you're, you're, you're sucking everybody in like, Oh, what's coming next. Right. So, and Wagyu, I mean, like, bro, like yeah. we're doing it up. Let's go. So definitely that. And then probably hit them with a, with a crowd pleaser. Right. Like be coming in with like a, like a crab Rangoon. Okay. And I'm talking like, heavy on the crab let's go like we're we're at the masters dude yeah yeah Give i feel me. that see Done. it's just it's hilarious how different our minds are because you went crowd pleaser and immediately my brain went buffalo wings <laughs> yeah, yeah no <laughs> oh is mike cut out okay they'll be back here to talk food in a second um yeah pink's picks for the appetizers are way better than mine would be I'd probably have something up there like, uh, I mean, it's probably what I just get regularly, like some Wisconsin cheese curds and some buffalo wings. I ain't nothing special here. I'm just an upper Midwest boy getting some fried food at a bar. Yeah, that's fair. I just, I don't know. That's what I would pick. That would be the apps. That's yeah, no, pick. that that's good. All right. So then you need a soup, super salad. That That's See, technically what they do next. 
Okay, and this is this is a weird area for me because I fucking do not like soup. Yeah, you made the clam chowder last year for everybody, but and you do not enjoy it. <laughs> no, and it's not it's not even that it's like bad. I just don't like I think there's just way better things to eat, right? Than I agree. Just like some hot ass water with some meat in it and whatever. Oh, is my cutout. But uh in terms of soup, like about the only thing soup wise that I would really pick, and I don't know, is this technically a soup? I, I love chili. Like if there's a good chili, but like having chili in April when it's 70 degrees out at the masters sounds awful. Yeah, right on. And I think, yeah, there are a lot of soups that are just straight up like winter soups, right? Like all these really heavy, you know, de- like cream based soups and stuff which is not like i will say white chicken chili i would probably pick yeah that's nice you know i i could see that um if yeah. i had to do soup but more than likely i would just do like a classic caesar salad or like a house garden salad with ranch just keep yeah. the people happy simple i mean yeah i would look at this category as like we just hit apps now we're gonna do soup and salad it's like i mean nobody cares nobody remembers the soup and salad right this is just like the bridge between the apps and like what's coming next. So probably something on the lighter side. Where do we go? Maybe like a, maybe like a, like, so like a wild rice situation, maybe like a chicken wild rice. I think wild rice would be a good option. I think that would hit, you know, yeah. not too filling. Cause you know, you know, there's, you got the main event coming still. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So then, um, so we're going main event now. He had Texas ribeye steak or blackened red fish. Uh, typically they'll have like a red meat or Mm -hmm. like a chicken or something like that. And then obviously like a fish, uh, what are, what are you doing there? Ooh, that's tough. You already had the Wagyu leading off. So now what are you coming back? Oh, we're coming back, baby. So we, we hit with the Wagyu off the, off the front end, leave you wanting a little more here. And I'll start, I'll start with the lighter, with the lighter side. So. This one, this is where I feel I can, I can jump in because it's like, yeah, you, you did some things, uh, well there. I mean, I, I like his picks. The black and red fish is an A1 right there. Um, but I think I, I would, dude, I'd, I'd be coming at him with like one of my own recipes here, dude. I'd be Do like, you post some frozen kitchen on their ass. I would drop some frozen kitchen right here. 27.99. And I'd be like. I think I, I'd have to throw the fish pizza at him, dude. The fish pizza would be a Straight, baller pick. I mean, I'm talking, and we could get some like bougie fish too. Like, let's talk some like red snapper Italian sausage on this white sauce. Ooh, Nana you know, peppers, some red. We could onion. get we could get a real Italian boy to make the crust, make it you know real. What? You don't want to you don't want to use just the like two dollar mission flour tortillas from Walmart. We could, but Luca is on his way. Like he was gonna come do it. Like, you know, I mean, this is the masters, bro. Yeah, yeah fair, fair, fair. Okay, so you're going fish pizza. I so like we'll, that. yeah, we'll do a, a red snapper Italian sausage pizza. And I will say for people who have not gotten the frozen kitchen or tried the fish pizza, it is fucking incredible. So Even cool. if you pick a different meat to put on it than fish. It is, it slaps and it's so easy. It's a baller way to make pizza straight up. Yep. So then you got the pizza. Is that your fish then? So you're going fish that's on my, that side. That's my fish option. So yeah. then you go on like chicken, you go on steak, you go on elk. 
You going bear? You doing we're something wild? In, we're yo, we're going wild. And we're rolling red. Red ass meat. So th- this is this is an interesting one. So uh we're we're doing a slow roasted uh bison loin. Okay. This is a nice lean cut of meat, but when it's cooked properly, succulent. Okay. So think of think of like a prime rib. Okay, I'm following. Okay. So we're doing a, a slow roasted bison loin served with uh everything else. Accoutrement. I I don't know what you said or what that means. It's fancy. I am not fancy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's what I would go with. Cause I think I think that's the whole point of like that masters thing is they want people to put their spin on it, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, exactly. Th- I mean, I don't know where this dude's from, but I'm assuming a lot of those things are like dishes Texas. that they serve there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I believe he's Texas, but it seems like a Texas menu to me. Yeah. I don't know. That's where I'd go. I think that'd be cool. Like, and, you, and you're serving this to like a pretty high end bougie crowd. Like these are probably like the A-list golf people in the world. So, well then you got to pick the sides to it. So he's got, uh, so we'll go with the first two. So he's got family style mac and cheese and jalapeno creamed corn. What are you bringing for sides? Hmm. Okay. This is an interesting. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I really like the mac and cheese pick, honestly, cause that just slaps. Yeah. I just feel like that's just heavy AF bro. But yeah, it is. it's very heavy. Um, I would I would do like a like a pesto uh pasta salad. Ooh, I like that. That's you good. know, bring that in, bring that in. Um to kind of roll with that like kind of Italian side of what was going on. And then uh and what was his other one? So you had mac and cheese and something else? Jalapeno creamed corn. Okay. So, so that's some like type the... of veggie ish here. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's he's got jalapeno cream corn and fried menu, sprouts. Unreal. Yeah. Um hmm. are you a Brussels sprouts guy or not really? I, I actually am, dude. And I don't know how that occurred because I know I didn't like them before, but now I'm just like, dude, load it up. I am not a huge Brussels sprouts guy. Yeah. Unless I they're think... cooked in a ton of bacon grease, which we've talked well, about yeah, before. Like anything good, in basic yeah. bacon grease will be good. Yeah. Um, I think I'd probably have to go with like some sort of a potato thing. So maybe like a so you got this like pesto pasta salad and then maybe like a steakhouse potato salad. Ooh, there you go. We're going I like it salads. Dude, that's my favorite part of summer where all of a sudden you roll up to just a picnic or like some cookout thing and there's oh, like dude. a potato salad. I um yeah, you get what I'm saying with yes. that. Like, yeah, just, just buckets, dude. Everybody, like, that's what every aunt brought <laughs> was some type of salad, and you just got scoops of different salads on your plate. Yeah, it's actually kind of really good. But And then his last thing for the side was seasoned fries. Nice and simple. Ooh, seasoned fries. I might be in that same vein, but I would fucking go waffle fries all day. Yeah, I agree. Waffle fries Seasoned are sour cream. I've really liked uh, sweet potato fries lately for some reason, but yeah, dude, I hit those with ranch pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Oof. Sorry for anyone who might be listening to this hungry, but then, <laughs> uh, so we got our last part. You got to bring it home with dessert pink. What are you bringing for dessert? Oh, 
Okay. What did he pick? What was his pick? He had the warm chocolate chip skillet cookie. Oh, the skillet cookie. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say I would do something maybe a little different. I, I think I'm more of like a, like a, like a molten brownie situation. Yeah, that's like good. A, like a little lava cake brownie thing. Okay. That's I where like I'd that. go. I like that. I'm just personally like, dude, any dessert, give me cheesecake. I don't care what toppings are on it. Give me cheesecake. I just Cheese- love I mean, cheesecake. Yeah, that hits, you know. But It'd be a little thick, but I'll take it. You're doing well. Yeah, but you just pounded brownies, mac so. and cheese and fucking like what's what's some cheesecake, eh? Yeah, exactly. We don't <laughs> we ain't worrying. Um, but yeah, and they're no. and they're eating all that before they play a round of golf, huh? Yeah, I think this dinner <laughs> happens though on Tuesday before the I think it's right before the um they have the par three contest tomorrow. Okay. So like I'm just plan, saying if I but, eat that, you know, I am blown out the next day, dude. Yeah, I'm having issues. <laughs> Um, but no, that sounds awesome. I like, I I would rather, I don't know. Both of those menus are fantastic. Either one I would love to sit at. I'd probably take pinks. I I uh, kind of feel like this type of event would just be like insane to be a part of, right? Like this, this evening of whatever this is, what do they call it? The, uh, master's dinner, dinner of champions, dinner champions. So like, yeah, I think it would probably be unbelievable. I'm sure they do it, do it up big. Yeah. It would be sick. But anyways, so we'll get away from the Masters and, well, not necessarily golf talk. I think we're going to end this one with Pink. You got you got a little golf story. Well, You're okay. not a golfer, but, like, you got a little something, right? Okay. I'm not a golfer. I have golfed. Uh, I would say I'm a pretty avid mini golf player. Um, but, yeah, I think yeah, the your only-, only golfing experience was we had a birthday. Well, okay. So it I, been I've been two to- years ago. I had a birthday that was a triathlon, which if people don't know, you don't, uh, you don't run a triathlon. It was a drinking triathlon. So we played golf beanbags and I don't know. We, bar- we barely even made it to bocce ball, but we played uh, it and we played it in, I think the rain or some shit because we had, yeah, to, we had to have a winner. Yes. And you and Bo were up on top and someone had to compete against you guys, but yes, that's yeah. how it finished. But to start that off, we did go golfing. You had never golfed and you were with Bo Brower and you guys won. And yeah. And so, yeah. And Bo is actually a super good golfer, like really good. And I didn't really know that. I mean, I, I know you paired me with him because you were like, wow, you suck. And he doesn't. So that should be a good pair. Um, yeah. Cause I think I went to like a driving range before once pretty hammered. And that was like my full golf experience. And so, yeah, we just went to this one and played like a legit round, which I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, which yeah, was pretty brutal to be honest. Like I am actually really bad at golf. So, uh, but like I said, I, I was, I would say average to above average putter. Yeah. You made one of your okay. guys's birdie putts that ended up winning it for you guys. Yeah. Didn't you? So yes, but I would say, I mean, obviously Bo was like unreal. This dude to just like smack this ball wherever he wanted to. Right. I think out of the entire, cause we were playing, like a like a best ball kind of thing right yeah we were playing a scramble so each person hits you go to whatever the best shot is but then when we got to the green we did alternating putts so it couldn't just be bow putting everything right but he always hit the approach shot so i always putted (laughs) (laughs) but like um i think out of the entire round 
other than putting, we use one shot from mine. And that was because he hit one like so good that he hit it like into a fucking neighborhood across the street or something. <laughs> and like mine actually was like in the pl- field of play. So we played that one. But out of the entire round, we use one of my shots that wasn't a putt. So <laughs> anyway, uh, hell of a learning experience. I'll tell you that. But I, I, sh- I would like to go again because I feel like I have a lot of room to grow. Uh, so anyway, whatever, I got to try that. I don't even know that I was shooting the right fucking handedness or whatever. So, um, but anyway, so yeah, I'm not going to golf. We went there. It was super fun. We had a lot of high noons, uh, made some pots called her did, but I did have the, op- this, this is where we're going with this story. Not to tell you how bad at golf I am. <laughs> we all know that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so was this is a couple of years ago. When did they have so the Ryder Cup? Uh explain to people what that is. Cause I I mean I was there and I really don't even know. It's like a the Ryder Cup happens USA uh, versus everybody, right? Yeah, I think it's every four years. Okay. I maybe you have to double check it. Might be every two. Um right. or, no, it is every two. It just alternates between the United States and England, I think. Let me look this up. Okay. Um he'll he'll look that up, but essentially this is like a super big golf tournament. Uh, I I was not in the know on this, but this was at a t- I was like between jobs. So yeah, like, it's every it's every two years. It just alternates between England and America. So it's every okay, four so this, years in America. Okay, so this probably would have been twenty sixteen ish, twenty seventeen. Yeah, somewhere it's in whenever there. they were at Hazeltine, I could look that. Yeah, up. Yeah, so it was in Hazeltine and uh, basically like Chaska, right? It was twenty sixteen. Uh, 2016. Okay. So yeah. So I was looking for a job, whatever. And this was like very early on. Like I was, I had in college, I did like one cooking job that really sucked pretty bad. But anyway, this was like the only other legit like cooking job I ever had. So they were hiring people to cook. They have like all these um, events as part of the Ryder cup. So pretty high profile like parties and stuff corporate events that kind of thing like leading up to the event so they're hiring all these people to cook for that and some i don't even remember how i got the um that that was like a thing like somebody sent it to me like hey check this out his mic just cut out so pink ended up getting a job um yeah at hazeltine for the Ryder cup which is crazy uh, considering how prestigious of an event that is. And to even get in there is insanely difficult. Yeah. So I got, not only did I get like the couple days leading up to the event, like we had passes to go every single day to get in there. And like, like I said, I knew nothing about golf. So I was just like, whatever. And you know, there was like a lot of people there that were, um, probably very famous golf people that I was just like, Oh, excuse me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pardon you know? me. I need to go. I need to go to the kitchen, <laughs> but it was sick. Cause we kind of had these like VIP event pass things. So you just like show up in the morning and it was just like, you get there mega early. So it was like all these people that were just working there doing like whatever concession stuff or food or whatever. So, um, I got hired by essentially like the catering company that was doing the full. His mic just cut out again. Of course, at the moment we need to do this. Maybe Pink will uh I'll buy time. Just want to leave and come back in real quick and I'll I'll buy some time. This is a good reminder for everybody. Uh we will get into the story and we have plenty more stories coming over the uh course of this podcast. But if you greatly enjoy it, please leave us a review, rate and subscribe. We appreciate all of you a ton.
Anyways, pink is back. Hopefully the month right, doesn't we'll cut tr- out. We'll again. try to burn through this. But yeah, so I get hired by this this catering company, right? And so they build like crazy. These like they call them like um prep kitchens, right? They're like where buildings like don't exist because they were building like crazy stuff for this event, right? Like they're building walkways, huge buildings, like uh banners for you know advertisements, that kind of thing. So this place looks totally different now than it did when they had this event. Um, but they built these like ginormous like tent buildings that they were all like these kitchens, right? So and then they bring in like all these chefs from all over the country that are like insane. Like they work at big restaurants in like New York and and places in you know Chicago places in LA, that kind of thing. They fly yeah. in from all over and they're like the top dogs. So it's like they're running the show. And then there's all these people that they hired, uh, to cook or do whatever. So there's people that were just like hired to be like dishwashers and stuff. They hired me to be a prep cook. So like I show up and basically just like do what they tell me to do. Right. So it was like a lot of it was uh, before the event was prepping like insane amount of food for like, um, big parties and stuff. So like, you know, I'll say like Rolex and stuff like that. They have like these corporate events. So they're like, okay, they have a hundred people coming to this event on, you know, the day before the thing. So here's the menu. And then like, there's all these chefs. It's like, this guy's doing like the main thing. This guy's doing all the sides. This guy's making the salads, like whatever. So then you're working with these chefs to like, uh, make all this cool stuff. So you're working and it's sick because like a lot of the food is like high end shit. Like we're making some dope food here. Right. So that's like the first couple of days of it. So I had fun doing that. And then after what were you that, making? What were you in charge of prep station wise? Dude, it was different all the time. Like you'd be doing something for a couple hours and then they'd pull you off and you would do something else. So some of it was like, oh, we're just chopping vegetables for like this particular dish or like, OK, we have to slice like 30 pounds of fucking onions for all the salads that they're going to make. And you're just and, crying for three hours. Yeah, just stuff like that. And But the crazy part is there were like people that sucked at a lot of this stuff. Right. And like I had some like pretty solid skills at that point. Like I wasn't like super polished or anything, but like I knew what I was doing. Right. And uh, but also it's like they tell you what to do. So it's just like you just do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then, and then, so once the event rolls around, right. So we're doing like all these corporate parties ahead of time. Right. And we're making some cool stuff. Like I remember the one day I'm working with this one chef and he was like from someplace in LA and he was like some big shot. Uh, he had these like signature meatballs that he'd make or whatever. Right. So we made like 200 pounds of these meatballs, like stuff like that. Like it was just huge quantities of stuff. And then I didn't realize this was like a thing, but then I'll say like day three, day four of this they're they start breaking up into these like satellite kitchens okay so now you're going to like these smaller kitchens that are more like um i'll say like 20 by 20 size things that are like next to where people are going to watch the events right so i got to go to the one because like i got to know some of these chefs right and they're like hey we like you because you do what you you know you seem to know what you're doing and like you do what we tell you to do so it's like they kind of picked their team right they're like okay i want you to work for me for this thing so then we go to these satellite kitchens so it's like me and like three other people and then like the head chef for that area and we had the captain's club is like where i was right oh no shit really yeah so we're on like i want to say it's like i don't know if it's hole one right on the green is where our kitchen is okay okay so it was like I, I believe whole one it was yeah one of the first couple ones but it was right i mean like i'm talking like the green is like right there yeah <laughs> and like i didn't give a shit like i didn't know what was going on but they had it was cool because that day that we were doing it they had like the celebrity they have like a celebrity day or something 
So like, you know, there's like Bill Murray, like golfing, like right there and shit. Um, and so we're making food for like the captain's club and the parties or whatever. So there's like a bunch of high rollers in there. Right. And now we're making like some cool food. Like they had trucked in like all this like red lake walleye (laughs) and like stuff like that. And we were making like insane quantities of that. And like, you know, I think they did like a bunch of like coconut shrimp. They did some cool, um, like smoked salmon stuff, whatever. So it's like, you're making a lot of cool food now. But the crazy part was, so the other people that worked there were all people that worked, um, So it was like the head chef and the guy that was the head chef there, he was the guy that runs the barbecue, uh, thing at the, um, I'm not a NASCAR guy, but what's like the biggest thing other than other than that one, Talladega, that one, he's like the barbecue guy there. Okay. Like runs the whole thing. Okay. So he's like big, like dude has like pig tattoos on his arms of like cuts of meat. Like That's this guy's unreal. Like, like unreal. And you know, he's got all the stories that were cool. Cause like this guy, he did, uh, this was right after the Rio Olympics. Oh, okay. And he, he was there in Rio for the full Olympics and for the Paralympics, like after that. And like, dude, insane stories. Like the dude was like living in the, you know, some like Airbnb in the mountains in Rio with like all these other chefs and stuff. And they were just like, like not in the Olympic village at all, dude. They're like riding in the back of a van to like get down. Like it was sounded sketch as hell, but they had some cool, cool stories about like traveling around the world, like doing this catering stuff. So sick working with them. Um, but the cool thing was all these other people that worked in there other than me were all chefs like downtown, like in Minneapolis and St. Paul, like these really high end restaurants. And so I was like the only like scrub in there. Right. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, I'm Ryan. I just graduated from college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was fun, like making a lot of that food and stuff. But then, dude, the crazy part is so like the way these catering places were on is like all the food that is like. I'll say like owned by the golf event right yeah so like we we would make like i don't know uh like a hundred portions of like some particular dish right and you know the there we had like servers that would come and we'd like be like okay you know here's all the stuff that's done and they would pick up stuff and a lot of it was like buffet style so it was like big pans of stuff yep and like you know, not all of it gets eaten or whatever. Right. And they just fucking throw it in the garbage. Like I'm talking like hundreds of pounds of like high end shit. And cause they're like, yeah, we can't keep it or like, we can't do anything with it. So they're like, yeah, if you can like eat whatever you want. Cause like, I mean, we're all just going to throw it away. Right. And like, you couldn't take anything like no one there could like take anything out of the event. Right. So like, you couldn't just be like, Oh, I'll just take all this stuff home. Like couldn't do that. Right. So all the other, like me and like all the other people working in this kitchen, like, (laughs) dude, we are like fucking packing everything. We're like everything you can fit in like your jacket and shit. We're like, (laughs) we're stealing every day. (laughs) So for like, cause I think that job lasted like, it was like a couple weeks. I'll say that I was doing that. And like, dude, that whole time I'm like bringing, like I got dude, like coat, like five pounds of coconut shrimp boom like and like <laughs> in you know the we're freezer <laughs> yeah and like we're doing all this stuff with like uh you know 
and it was like local stuff. So they go to like, they'd get like all these broths from like Wisconsin somewhere. And they're all these like little ones. We're like, okay, five pounds of that in the jacket. Like, let's go like all this <laughs> stuff and like steaks and oh, dude, so insane. So it was funny. Cause then, uh, so the way that it worked, like for the first couple of days, you drive to Hazeltine, but then once the event started, they didn't want people parking there. Cause like they had like, you know, like high rollers parking everywhere. Yeah. 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 So then they had, you know, where like uh, Valley fair is. Yeah. So that's where they had us. And then you'd get on a bus and they drive you to the, the golf course every morning. Yeah. Like, for people who don't know, that's probably a 20 minute ride. Yeah. Maybe about that. Yeah. From, from, yeah. From Shakopee to, uh, yeah. 20, 15, yeah. 20 minute drive. It ain't close. Right. So they're, they bus everyone that's working from Valley fair out to the golf course at like 5. AM every day. Like this was like insane hours, but like, so you'd go to like, it was like 5 a.m. till like 8 o'clock at night every day for a couple weeks. But the people like the chefs that were there, they were like, I don't even know when the hell they would leave because they were there before we got there and they stayed way after. And like this was my first experience with these people that do all this catering and they do a shit ton of drugs. <laughs> like everyone there was doing like serious cocaine and shit like all the time. <laughs> and uh and whatever and you know like everything you see on these cooking shows where people are like blowing up and like getting nuts like this is what's going down here dude. <laughs> like all the like behind the scenes drama right was just awesome like it was super <laughs> good experience dude like people like banging this dude's girlfriend and he's like the head fucking guy and like all this stuff dude like awesome and <laughs> And so this one I was in, like I said, the guy was super cool. That was running. And he had a lot of good stories and like, he was an awesome chef too. So I like learned a lot working with him, but yeah, we got to make some cool food. And like, for some of these, like, I know we had like a lot of the, um, like the pros before the event, like in our area that we were like serving food to. So it, I mean, like, I didn't like go out there and like talk to anybody, but we got to like make food for a lot of like big names and like golf and stuff, which was cool. And, um, that was like a pretty fun event to be at. And I got to go to the whole thing, which was cool. I mean, I didn't really care about golf or anything, but it was cool to like be there and be at like a big event like that. Yeah, but, no, that that's an unreal experience. Yeah. And up until like now, I, uh, I never even knew that happened. Yeah. I'd, I've known you a while. That's never been brought up. Yeah, dude. And I actually, I did steal one of the, one of, one of my favorite recipes that I make was something that I stole from that event really yeah which one is it so it's uh uh these like tear well garlic it's basically a garlic teriyaki meat skewer thing okay um and i make them all the time i make them for almost every event that i get invited to bring food to and they are awesome and i made them there with some guys that worked i don't know what restaurant they worked at revival i think somewhere downtown and okay. and these guys were awesome uh it was like these guys and they definitely were not related but they acted like they were and <laughs> um yeah it was it was funny we so it was the initial like group i was in it was me one other guy like my age and then these two um these two black dudes that worked at i think revival and one guy was like a dishwasher there and the other guy was like a chef and but like, I think they were putting on this whole thing. Like, I don't know. They were, they were just having fun with us or whatever. And we, 
he kept being just like, just don't say anything and like, we'll get like a good job. And I'm just like, okay, you know, I just like yeah. kind of let him. And, and he like, you know, one of these guys that was just like, he could make anybody do whatever he wanted kind of thing. Like he just had that personality. Right. Yeah. And so we went from being like, th- and this is, I would say day one, we go from being the absolute scrubs in this kitchen to being like the guys that they set up in this like outdoor grilling station to like make all this like awesome shit and we just everybody yeah and we just screwed off outside and hung out and it was super fun so those guys like were definitely legit um and yeah we made we made like probably a hundred pounds of those skewers and i ate like a ton of them while we were cooking them i was like god these slap so i was just like i can make that so i make them all the time now that's unreal that's unreal you have any of those contacts by the way anymore we need to do like a chronicles collab downtown (laughs) minneapolis or something dude i think and at one time i i still have it i have um i so they gave like they had like the the like magazine pamp like whatever they give people when you show up right i have that and a can of beer from that event sitting on my shelf back here. that's that's super cool (laughs) that is that is an awesome 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 story yeah it was a lot of fun but Anyway, it was, uh, I don't know if that'll ever happen again. I probably won't ever cook at one of those events again, but I'm pretty glad I did. Like it was pretty, pretty cool experience to be honest. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, I mean, we, uh, we rocked it out Two people, hour and a half long podcast. Here we go. I guess we, yeah, uh, we had plenty done, to dude. talk about. We got her done. So thank you everybody for tuning into another episode of Pass the Barb. We appreciate you all a ton and, uh, we will see you on the next one. Thank you.